praise God. You know, I enjoyed the offering so much. I, I really, amen, praise God. I like how Nola interprets Amos 9.13. And the one thing that I really liked was when you mentioned the children of Issachar. And she reminded us that that is who we are. Amen. And the children of Ithacar, they, uh, they recognize times and seasons. And this is a, a season. And the way the Lord explained it to me about Amos 9.13 is this is the ending of one season or ending of one cycle and a new beginning of a new cycle. And he was telling me, I think when he said cycle, <clears throat> he impressed me. Because it gave me the impression that everything that's past is surely past. And behold, all things are surely new. Amen. And so stop looking at how we interpret the things of the past. Don't drag them into this new cycle of living, this new cycle that God is creating for us. Don't drag the the things that's behind you. Leave them behind. So we're going to talk about new perspectives today and how we need a new perspective on what God is doing. Amen. We need to gain a new perspective, you know, and because we need to get out of the old way of thinking. See, the old way of thinking brings back bad memories, brings back all the things that we need to forget, but we really don't want to forget because they make us who we are. Amen. (laughs) And we need to latch on to the new thing that God is doing. Amen. The new things to come. So we need to learn to unload and unlock all emotional baggage because baggage is what holds us back. Baggage is what you don't want to bring into this new season of harvest. Amen. It holds us back. It's heavy. And and it causes us to be emotional, more emotional than we normally would be. You know, all of these thoughts, sometimes we think that we want the past and because we can find happiness in the things in the past. But, you know, sometimes I have learned that these things that happened in the past weren't all good things. It's just a smoke screen. You know, if you sit back and you really start allowing God to show you some things, he'll show you that the past was not that great. (laughs) We love to hold on to things because we're afraid of what's to come. Amen. Because we don't trust God at his word. And so, you know, I'm thankful that God sent prophets so that they could prepare the way and and condition our hearts to receive what's to come. But we have to get to a place where we just need to start believing what the prophets say. Amen. And you, you will receive a prophet's reward. The children of Ithacar, they sensed and they they understood times and seasons. And so they, they engaged, kind of engaged themselves and prepared themselves to lock into what was new and what was to come. And so I think this is what we need. We need a mind change, a new way of thinking. Amen. Stop thinking the old thoughts. Stop thinking that the, the past was better than the future. See, that's a lie of the devil. Amen. 
you know what you passed up and what's in the past is behind you so it can't be better because it's behind you amen and we need to latch on to what god is doing so we need to learn how to unload emotional baggage because it's just a lot of emotionalism that keeps us from wanting to move on into our new destiny and that's what god has promised us amen so we need to learn to ascend higher into into our trust and higher into our renewed faith see god has given us faith he's given us the faith because he wouldn't dangle promises in front of us he's given us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness and faith is the most important thing and knowledge and wisdom all those things he's given us those things but we have to let go of what was and latch on to what's to come amen so how we view things will readjust our faith and restore our future vision. And this is what we need, vision for the future. It needs to be adjusted. It needs to be enhanced by your expectation. Are you here today? We must gain a new perspective by climbing to a higher vantage point and see God. See how he sees. Latch on to what he's trying to proclaim on the inside of us and when we latch on to what god is proclaiming you know we'll have the faith to usher it in and to enjoy it you know and this is the thing we need to enjoy what god is doing enjoy the promises the promises of god need to make us happy amen they should give us peace and bring us happiness and excitement and not dreading what's before you because you're afraid that god is not going to do what he promised it that he would do because he's not a liar you know god swore before himself because there's there was none any higher that he could swear on so he swore before himself that before he not perform on every word that he has spoken amen he would cease to exist amen and so we need to latch on to the promises and not so much uh look at what the devil's telling us in our ear you know that little person on your shoulder you need to rebuke him amen and not listen to that voice hallelujah you know it, it some people think it's kind of cute but really it's this is your life amen and it's a serious thing so we need to gain new perspective climb to higher heights see how god sees things listen to that voice from within and not pay so much attention to what's going on in the natural you know what people are doing and and how they treat you and all of these things it, it does nothing but feed uh, a need to go back when things were better amen because the things to come will be greater amen god is doing a great work amen doing a good work so let's go to isaiah 46 hallelujah isaiah 46 verse 10 god is not a man that he should lie and he has declared the end from the beginning amen he knows the end from the beginning god makes the end from the beginning known he doesn't keep too much uh, to himself that he doesn't tell the prophets and the prophets release it to the people. But we just don't receive it <laughs> because we don't believe what God is doing. But he's a good God. Isaiah 46.10. I'm reading out of the King James. And it says here, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. 
saying, my counsel shall stand. Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I will do all my pleasure. Hallelujah. Let's read it in the message translation. I'm falling in love with it. Hallelujah. Waiting on my... Isaiah 46 in the message translation. It says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Hallelujah. Let's go to 11. Calling a, a ravenous bird from the east, the man that exalteth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken. And I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. Amen. Amen. It says, So hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near, or I bring nigh, my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. You know, it's for God's glory that he bless you. Amen. <laughs> For his glory. Amen. He wants to bless us because he loves us so much. God said it and he will certainly do it. If he didn't say it, he wouldn't say he could. Amen. Like we do sometimes. And this is the thing that got to me a little bit and it just made me so happy with God. He planned it. He said it. He planned it. Amen. He planned everything good for us. And if he planned it, then he's going to do it. Amen. In other words, it's as good as done. And so I I was reading a message in a uh, translation that's gotten me to read in a lot of different translations. One translation said, you knuckleheaded. Amen. Listen to me, you knuckleheaded people. (laughs) But see, we just refused. (laughs) She she just got it. (laughs) It's okay. But you know what? He says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do this for you. Had I, if I didn't want to do it, I would have never planned it. I would have never said it. Amen. So we need to trust what God is doing. And so God makes known the end from the beginning. Amen. He doesn't keep these things a secret. We just don't know it because we don't pay things attention. We're, we, our attention is too much uh, focused on the bad. And focused on what people say and focused on the world and what they're doing, you know, and how they live their lives and, and how much the world per, permits certain things. But I'm telling you, Christians, this is a good time. And I'm noticing this, although we're living in the in the uh, second Timothy, uh, you know, where it says the the last days and people will be lovers of self. I'm seeing more people stand up for Jesus than ever before. <laughs> and that's something. Although we're living in last days and we're living in tough times, I'm seeing people take a stand and and voice this young boy that was at that graduation. Something happened, and he says, I don't know what's going on over there. He said, but God will fix it. And he says, I know God will fix it because he's a fixer. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And it just touched me, just those few words was enough to turn everybody and it was so good how the anointing was there and how everybody respected and submitted to what he was saying that God is a fixer amen 
so it's just almost impossible for anybody to not yield to what God is doing. Amen. Because people are becoming bold. It may be subtle. But people are bold because people are tired of what's going on in this world. You know, they don't want you to say Jesus. You know, Denzel Washington was invited to a a graduation at a college, and they told him don't use Jesus' name. But everything he said pointed right to Jesus. You couldn't help but know. I mean, you knew he wasn't talking about Casper or something. You knew he was talking about Jesus because people are tired of being told that they cannot Worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and the world wants us to think that we're the minority. We're not the minority. You know, all of these things show me that we are in the majority. Amen. There are much people in the city. Amen. And so we need to start to trust God and take him at his word because if he didn't mean it, he wouldn't have said it. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't plan it. And his plans are good. Amen? Good toward us. His thoughts are good toward us all the time because he loves us. So we need to start looking at God like he looks at his plans. He don't see any problem with his plans. Amen? You know, we need to check the vantage point that we look at things. We're looking at things from a, a, a weak uh, what else can I say? Vantage point where we don't really know, unsure, and from fear. But God is looking from a high place. Amen. He is positioned in heaven. Jesus is on his right side forever making intercession for us. And we're seated with him in heavenly places. And so we need to get in our rightful place and start to declare what God has said. Start to believe like God believes. And start to take him at his word and give him that respect that he so deserves. Because he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. Amen. All that we could ever ask or think. He is not a weak God. He is not how we portray him. But he is a God that can do everything that he has promised and then some and then shock us on top of it. Amen. Because he doesn't have to tell us everything that he's doing. All we want him to do is do it. But he does things good. Everything he does. He does it well. Amen. So we need to readjust how we look at things. Readjust our view. You know, I I was thinking about that view in the window when our foot wanted to slip, when we saw the prosperity of the wicked. Well, go to another window. You know, get out of that window. Quit looking. Just change your view. Amen. Go to another level and go on the third floor where you can look out and see over everything and see the whole complete thing. Amen. And not just pick a parts a few things and make a decision based on a few things amen and and just trust God clearly see he clearly sees and we need to do the same ascend higher higher in confidence higher in trust in him so that the view will be readjusted focused amen so you'll start to expect uh, more from him and have a renewed faith and a renewed strength Amen. A new perspective. It comes from getting rid of the old way of thinking. You won't have a new perspective. I don't care if you get a ladder and go up on that roof. Your view won't change until you change how you think. Amen. We need it. Well, that didn't go over well, but it's still true. Amen. 
We need to view things in a different way, from a different position, from a different aspect of life. Because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we need to view things from his vantage point. See things how God sees it. Amen. Whatever he told you, then we believe it. New position of authority. He's given us a position of authority. So we need to use um, our disappointments and our trials as a catalyst to do better. It's like, I don't want that. I want to do, I want to have everything that God has promised me. Amen. Because what God has promised us is better than anything that the devil could ever promise you. Amen. Stop standing in the devil's area. I don't know. Gray area. And get over into God's area where it's all, you know, good promises. You know, and God has so many good things for us if we would just believe it and take it seriously. Amen. Hallelujah. So Job had a renewed view. You know the story of Job. And people have different uh, understandings of what Job was all about. But, you know, he went through so much, and I think what he went through was mainly from man, not from God, but what man put him through. But, you know, his wife even said, you know, curse God and die. But his wife still represented man, right? Amen. But Job looked at it. He looked at his situation, and he said, I'd rather bless God and live than to curse God and die. Amen. Because for a while, the devil was pulling him in. But, you know, Job had a new perspective. He he gained that new perspective from really pressing into the promises of God, trusting God higher than man, and just going out there and really pushing to hold on to the promises of God. Amen? You know, and, and though we have, we have trials and tribulations, but, you know, we still have God. And he'll get us through everything that we're going through. Amen. We just need to hold on to what he has told us he's going to do. A renewed vision. Amen. Old hurts and wounds and regrets shouldn't determine your future. Amen. Hurts, pains, bad memories, you know, being bitter in the process. This is what it will cause. Cause us to be bitter in the process. But we become stiff and and stout-hearted and stiff-necked just from what we invest in our future. Amen. We we create, we allow the devil to create these things in our mind. And if we don't cast down all of these imaginations, they form a, a stumbling block. And then we start treating these wrong thoughts and wrong memories as though it's our God. And then the word of the Lord and the promises of God start to diminish. And these things, you know, trials, tribulations, we start to think that they, you know, will dictate our future. But it's not like that. You know, it's all in how you view your life. Amen. It's all in how you view things and what you believe on the inside of your heart. And these things can be changed. Amen. You know, we don't have to become stiff-necked and living away from God. Amen. But we, you know, we don't have to live out of our troubles. We can live out of the promises of God. You know, and, you know, I think one thing that causes us to start to believe what we're living from day to day is because we start to think God has left us because we have problems. 
Amen. But you know, everybody has problems. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust, and that's an old saying, but it's true. It's a Bible saying, and it's a true thing. God will translate us into a new season with new purpose. Amen. When we begin to see from a different position. Amen. We need to think on things that are good, lovely, and pure and, and view our lives and view the things that we've gone through, you know, uh, uh, from a, a a position of power and authority knowing that God is with us you know and not judge our lives on past bad experiences but judge ourselves on the victory you know did you get come through I'm still alive I'm healed I'm well amen there's so many people that can't tell that story but we can and so we begin to see from a a higher position from a better position and you know it just really melts away all the troubles they start to fade but the thing is we need to know who we are and trust what God has promised us and stand on it until we see the salvation of our Lord. Amen. Because it will surely come. Amen. Hallelujah. So why don't we turn to Second Corinthians 4. Hallelujah. And verse, uh, I think it's verse 8. And this is Paul talking. And you know, we love Paul. We could trust in what he says because he went through so much. And he <laughs> he bore the marks of beatings and he was shipwrecked and had snake bite, you know, in prison, in jail, betrayed. None of us have been through all that. If you are, you kept it a secret. Amen. <laughs> but Paul lived a life in such a fashion that it proclaimed exactly what God said. Amen. He didn't, he didn't get discouraged because he had some trouble. Amen. Second uh, Corinthians four eight says, "We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed." Can you say that? <laughs> we are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. I can say that. Amen. And you can too, if you open up your mouth. You can say that. Always bearing about in the body. The dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Amen. And so, listen, it's not the end of the world. Amen. Because we have a little trouble. You know, we don't submit to trouble. You know, struck down but not destroyed. I, I like used to like to say that. And I forgot how to say it. But, you know, we need to live like Paul. You know, all these things happen, but he was still encouraged that God would come. And God came every time. Amen. Amen. He came every time. And he released him or, or gave him strength. You know, his grace was sufficient. For Paul and, and Paul kept going. Amen. Because it was to the glory of God. It was not to win some contest of who has the most faith or who's the strongest. But Paul's attention and his eyes were totally on God and he didn't take them off. Amen. And he didn't take it personally when he had trials and tribulation. Amen. See, sometimes you understand what I'm saying. We can take it personally. God don't like me. 
or he's not with me, he left me. We can feel that way all the time, but it's not true. See, we have to stop listening to what's in here and listen to what's in here. Because some word will come up on the inside of you say, you know what? It's all good because God has not left me. Amen. He's still with me and he's working these things to my good for, for his glory. Amen. God is working these things together for the good. All of this tribulation and difficulty in life identifies us as our bearing marks for the cross. Amen. See, because we get this world twisted and I used to think, well, why can't I do this? And why didn't God do that? Until I, and you know, I was in some tradition, but I realized this life is not mine. I'm here for the glory of God. And he can do with me whatever he want to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I'm a, a witness, a living witness of what God can do. It's my victory that I should you know, focus on and not my failures and not the trouble and not, you know, because people like to point finger when you have trouble. Amen. But honey, it's off to the glory of God. Amen. It has nothing to do with our shortcomings at all. God doesn't work like that. Amen. Hallelujah. It's all to his glory because he says, look at my soldiers. Watch them beat this thing. Watch them come through. Amen. They won't bow to the devil. They won't bow to all of these things, disease and and all of this stuff that he says they'll fight and they'll win because I am with them. Amen. And so we need to hold on to truth and hold on to what we know is truth and not let our minds run away with what people are saying. Because they don't know. They're sitting watching you because they figure, well, if she gets through it, I can get through it. Maybe there's hope for me. Amen. Amen. And so it's all about God. It's not about us and what he can do for us. Because he loves us. Amen. Let's go to Jeremiah 29:11. Hallelujah. He knows the thoughts. God knows our thoughts. Amen. And we need to get to know his. Amen. Because we have the mind of Christ. And we're not weak people. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, 11, He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. Hallelujah. So God wants to give you what you want. He, you know, God has a plan. And he's going to meet that plan, that your plan, his plan for you has purpose, and he's going to meet that thing. And nobody can upset your expected end except you. And you know what? I don't believe we can do it. I don't think God will even allow us to do it. Amen. If he have to throw you in the pit to talk to you, he'll do it. Amen. <laughs> but nobody can upset. You're expected in. Amen. No enemy can stop it. And we need to remember that. Amen. Hallelujah. Pain and disappointment can't stop your expected in. It just can't. This is not how your story ends. Amen. And God doesn't have to rewrite your whole life to give you a good ending. Amen. You know, and Pete, you know it's just that way. We need to just trust God. And depend on what he's going to do for us. And if you feel bad, repent, you know, for not believing God or, you know, because we all do something wrong. But I'm telling you that our final outcome is victory. Amen. And we need to believe that and and stop blaming the devil. 
Because the devil doesn't know the end of the story. He knows the end of his is hell. Amen. Hallelujah. But you're coming out with a flourishing finish. So keep God first in your life. See, we need to keep God first because I've made up my mind it's like this. And I know God has told me this. It's not important about what you go through. It's how you finish. And we will finish with a good ending. Amen. It does, it's not about the prize. It's not about how brave you are. It's not about what God has promised us. Whether you get it or not, it's just icing on the cake. But it's the one that stays in the race to the end. Amen? That's what it's all about. And not quit. Not go on the sidelines and sneak off, you know. <laughs> you know I, had to get, I had to get me some water, you know. But those that stay in the race until the end and not quit. Not give up on God. You know, not, you know, think that he can't deliver what he's already planned, what he's already uh, said is going to happen. He's already written the story. And we need to just flip back and read the end of the book. Amen. When you get confused and you get weak, you know, and just read the end of the book and know that we are victorious in him. See, it's not about doing it ourselves. We're not victorious in us. We're victorious in him. Amen. We can't do anything without God. So we're coming out and we're going to flourish and we're going to finish strong and not finish weak. Amen. Amen. And we're going to be glad we stayed in the race. We're not going to be getting on coming up. Well, I'm not hobbling over the, <laughs> the finish line. Uh-uh, I'm marching across the finish line. Amen. I'm, I'm marching across with new clothes, with my new clothes on. Amen. <laughs> so God is turning things around. We need to believe that. All sickness restored. Hurts and wounds, disappointment healed. <coughs> and that word restored, I think we went over that yesterday. It means better than brand new. Amen. It means renovated. Coming out with a high hand. With a clear vision of who God is and what he's doing in our life. You know, we're going to reach... As Martin Luther King said, I'm going to reach the mountaintop. I know what he meant, amen, or whatever he said, because he started to see, amen. He had a vision from God, and he started to see and understand and know what God had called him to do and, and knew. He knew the outcome. He, he got with God. You know, it reminded me of David, and when David failed miserably, you know, he got weak. It was because of temptation. And we need to stay away from temptation. Anything that tempt us beyond what God wants or beyond where God wants us to be, we need to let it go. Amen. It's not worth your life. Amen. It's not worth God, you know, uh, you know, turning, uh, turning away from God and, you know, not being able to relate to God for months and years. It's not worth it. Amen. We can never, we should never put man before God or, or our pleasure before God because without God, if He doesn't keep you healed and keep you well, you can't even enjoy your sinful pleasures anyway. Amen. And so we need to put God first and keep Him first. We need to do some clerical, you know, 
clean out your file drawer and put things first, God, then husband, then children, you know, and then all these other things. And so we need to file things in its right order. That's what I'm trying to say. And so we need to look up into the hills from which our help has come. Your help really doesn't come from man. It comes from God. Amen. And so we need to put him first. You know, our jobs are not our security. Amen. You know, God has given you that job. Well, I did this. Now, he he helped you do that. Amen. We're nothing without him. Amen. And don't ever put that, don't put that above God. Don't do that. You know, just trust him and put God in his rightful place. And that's the place of your father. Amen. Hallelujah. And you don't even call him daddy. Call him father. Because that's who he is. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't be like Naomi. And Naomi identified herself with her circumstances. You know, her husband died and her two sons, and that's bad. You know, but she was so disappointed that she lived out of that. She became that person, you know, when her name totally meant something else. It meant happiness and peace, but she didn't have that. Amen? But, you know, she, one thing I saw in 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 uh in her is that she had the sense of who to keep with her and who to let go amen cuz i think one daughter was oprah oprah i want to say oprah thank you and she she was had pride and stiff-necked and she didn't have the qualities that ruth had and so i look at it like you know, Naomi had sense enough to know who she was supposed to hang out with and who she wasn't. Amen. She knew who would bless her life and who wouldn't. And it's the person with the pure heart. Amen. It's a heart thing. And she saw that. She saw that on the inside of both her daughter-in-laws, although she loved them both. But she sent one away and one refused to go. And when one refused to go, she knew that that was, she knew that was God. Amen. And so she allowed her to, you know, lead and help her. And pretty soon she took on Ruth's attitude of beauty and strength and life. She represented life and, and joy and peace. And we need to learn to recognize who we ought to be around. And who we shouldn't, amen? And let God separate. But, you know, we don't do the thinking for ourselves. Let God do the thinking for us. Let God choose our friends. Amen? Let God do these things. Amen? We need to have confidence in him. Amen? Identify with Ruth. Amen? And have that vision. Ruth had vision. She had vision of a better life. And it was not so much as what she did and where she went, but it was what was on the inside of her, those qualities that was on the inside of her. Amen. Remember, baggage is heavy, and it comes with a high price. Amen. Shifting. It'll shift your future. Amen, if you hang on to it. But God will, will always go over and beyond what you expect. Amen. See, we can't put a, a cap on what God is doing. We have to just trust that he's going to tell us. He's telling us the truth and we trust in it. Amen. And stop expecting God to come the way he always has. That holds us back too. You know, we need to trust the uncommon things. Amen. Trust the uncommon and stop leaning towards the common things. Well, he always talked to me like this. I know it's God. 
God because he talked to me like this. Well, maybe it's not him. Amen. You know, generally it ain't. It's just that motivation you get from that voice, you know, and it and God helps you to work that thing out so it won't blow up in your face. Amen. But we need to know the true voice of God and stop de- defying. Um, God, let God defy your logic. Amen. Stop trying to defy his. Amen. Let him come through for you the way he wants to come through for you. Let him surprise you. Amen. Let him do what he wants to do and stop challenging God. Well, it's real quiet in here. Well, I didn't do that. Yes, you did. We all did. Amen. Start expecting God to come through just like he said. And he he can, you know, he'll always exceed what we can imagine. He'll exceed it. He's uh, able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. That's the the scripture we, we remember. We know how to say it, but do you believe it? Amen. I have one more scripture for you. It's Romans 5. Hallelujah. Say it and act like you know it. Act like you mean it. Hallelujah. We need need to remember who we are. Amen. God wants to defy the logic in our lives. He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly. But some things we need to do, we need to stop glorying in tribulation. I mean, start to glory in tribulation and stop, you know, allowing tribulation to define our situation and define our outcome. Because it's a good outcome. If you're with God, it's a good outcome. Amen. Amen. Romans 5 once is therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, or once die, yet per, what's that? Peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Amen. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, so, but we also joy in God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, 
And so death passed upon all men, for that we have sinned. We all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even more than, moreover, them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that has come, that was to come. But not as the offense, but not as the offense, also, so also is the free gift. Amen. For it through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, have abounded unto many. Amen. And not as it was by one that sinned, so his gift for the judgment was by one who condemnation, the one to condemnation, but the free gift of many offenses unto justification. Amen. I don't think I would go. I'm just going to go one more. In verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, God has done so much for us. He gave his best. Amen. And so when we have problems, we need to stop crabbing. Amen. Stop murmuring and complaining. Because we know that that killed a generation over 2,000 years ago. But God came to give life. He sent his son. It more abundantly. And he's done everything that he needs to do to bring us out with a high hand. So trust in the promises of God. If God's told you it's going to happen this way, trust in that. Amen. And I'm telling you that if you never get anything from God other than the blessings, everyday blessings of life, the, the promises, the icing on the cake, and look at it like that, not so much as God owe you something. Because he's paid the debt. He's, he's given us life for death. And so he really doesn't owe us anything. We owe him the adoration, amen, the glory and the honor, amen. Let him know that we love him, amen, and we trust what he's doing in Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word, amen. We bless and we lift you up in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just love you and we bless you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in this end time, making us strong and doing things beyond our imagination. Thank you for Amos 9.13. Lord, thank you for for preparing us, preparing our hearts, Lord, uh, letting us know times and seasons, reminding us that we're the children of Ithacar and that we are preparing for something bigger than what we can imagine. And we thank and praise you, Lord, and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus name amen and praise God hallelujah amen give God a hand thank you Jesus hallelujah praise God God is working on your behalf even now he is working on your situation turning things around amen and if you believe it say so amen hallelujah if there's anybody that needs prayer I can pray for you Amen. Before we leave. Hallelujah. Praise God.